to the Chris and Sam podcast. Pull up a bar stool and join us for a random conversation, guaranteed to make you think or your money back. Hello and welcome to episode 451 of the Chris and Sam podcast. I'm Chris. And I'm Sam. Welcome along to your weekly fix of randomness technology and life beam straight to you from Hamilton, New Zealand. Yes, straight into your ear holes. That's right. That's what we like to think about <laughs> a lot. What's been happening? I know you've been I, super busy. I've been, I've been doing all sorts of stuff. Where do I start? So Where we, do you start? We, we went to um, ha ha Hamilton. I caught up with Adam McFall. So we went and saw that this last week. I think you said that last week. Did I? Yes. I remember you mentioned Adam McFall for some reason. That was, Oh, maybe I did. Yes. All right. Yep. So that's cool. Yep. Recap. We've done <laughs> that's it. A recap. Recap okay, of the recap. This, this week. Yeah, this okay, week. Okay, so I went to uh, the um, Show Me Shorts. Show Me Shorts Industry Day. I was going to say, it's not the... It, it's an industry day as opposed to the actual Show Me Shorts. Is that correct? So there's... Or does it, go straight, does it go straight into Show Me Shorts? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So there was... I think there was other days of Show Me Shorts beforehand. And then there's industry day where we have a couple of workshops and then we end up seeing... Some of the films again, and of course the industry day is before the finals, and the finals. So, like one of the films we saw three yeah. times. Oh whoa! Okay, okay. Because the last um, screening is all the winners, and this one thing won. One, I I want to give a shout out first of all to one of my favourites of the whole day. And how you, many you would love it? How many is there in total? Do you know? Uh, I've got a I've got a program book. Oh, here, it's got a few pages, and there's a lot. There's yeah, okay, quite a few. Okay. Um, so, and I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about that because you can see some on demand and oh, you can pay for it. Good. And I'm gonna tell you which ones that I can definitely say are worth it because I don't know the others because I haven't seen the others. So let me get into <laughs> that. That's all that matters. Um, but yes, uh, Stag Hunt. Okay, it's, it's a short short. It's really tight. It's great. It's just really really good New Zealand um, short. Film okay, and I really need you to see it at some point. I don't know how we're going to wangle that, where, but you where, have to see it. Where's it? Where was it um, shot? Somewhere in New Zealand, of course. But yeah, he did actually say it was off outside of Auckland, so it's oh, in a okay. forestry area outside of Auckland. Um, so he's, he was, um, yeah, he was shooting there. So on the on demand, if you go to Show Me Shorts until the 29th of October, you can yeah. you can pay for these things, and it's. Uh, eleven ninety nine for a single session. Yep. So a session has several short films in it. Okay. Or thirty nine ninety nine for all four on demand sessions. Okay. And there's only four on demand sessions in real life. I think there's a lot more. Eight or nine. Okay. Okay. Yeah, so there's quite a lot more. Um, the sessions that you can get is Aotearoa, T Ohaki, or Indonesian Indonesian Focus Two. Okay. Or turning up the heat or Farnell Friendly Two. So there's obviously a couple of now and a couple of Indonesians. But yeah, so we saw pretty much Aotearoa Te Ohaki, yep. um, which was cool. Daughter of God, really good film. Daughter of God? Yes. And, it, okay, okay. It, it, and it won, it won an award, and I'm gonna, I can't remember which one it won. Just make it up. Then Lao 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 Lee. Yep, good. Uh, that was awesome. Is that Indonesian? Yes, and it I'm won just guessing. three awards. No, no, no. That's um, New Zealand. Oh, uh, but it's about a it's about a Chinese um, okay. family, uh, and it's the kid is like twelve years old. Yeah, and he's looking after his grandmother who's got dementia. 
Oh, okay. It's really cool. And it won like three of the awards. I didn't bother writing down which they won. I'm sure it's on the website. Uh, Anu was pretty cool. It's one woman, uh, Indian woman, actually, yep. in a hotel at COVID, just come off the airport. Oh, um, okay. And there's basically no dialogue. It's oh. just her in the room, except there's like phone messages and stuff. That's pretty cool. But it, it's interesting. It's quite quite clever. It's quite cleverly done. And then, um, so we watched a couple of those twice. I saw um, actually all those three that I mentioned. I saw twice, I think, because they were finalists and stuff. Yeah. And then, T fucker fittingi. Yep. T fucker fittinga. T fucker fittinga. Um, yeah. Uh, that I saw three times. It's good. Uh, it's not so great after the third time, to be honest yeah, with you, but yeah. it's good. You get that. So you get that on cool. the big jobs. But that was good because we were like, oh, should we just go? Because there's this Tifaka Tinga. Yeah. And then there was one we hadn't seen last. Oh, okay. And I was like, oh, no, we've no, got to stay gotta... and watch that. I'm so glad we did. Oh, okay. It was an Indonesian thing, and it's called um, Basri and Salma, um, the never ending, a never-ending comedy, and it is it was batshit. It was it was fantastic. Okay, and and it was a good one to end on because quite of the other a lot of the other ones were quite um, dour. Yeah, and this like, was just okay. nuts and hilarious. <laughs> That's pretty cool. So yeah. So anyway, that was that was a good um, good trip, and we were talking on the way on the way there. Um, Adam and I were talking, and, and um, he's introducing his son, who's now 11, yes. to some films. And he, he let him watch Predator. He watched Predator yeah, yeah, of with course. him. But it's like you, we were talking about that whole and, – and I'm not a parent, so I don't – yeah, yeah. I, I never thought about it. But he's like, you know, he wants to he wants to watch all the South Park. Yes. Kind of, but, but all his mates watch South Park. So yeah. he's, he's, you know, slowly getting him into South Park, you know. Cartman's funny, but he's funny because it's the guy you don't want yeah. to be. You don't want to be Cartman. And, 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 and South Park, I think, from the very early stuff to the current stuff, it has gone through an evolution. So all the current stuff, I feel, the stuff I've seen recently, is more topical with what's happening in the world. Yeah. As opposed to all the random stuff it was in the early yeah, days. Yeah, I think he was showing them the DVD sets they had, which yeah. was the first two seasons mm. or three seasons or something. So anyway, we were talking about that, and, and one of the things that came up was Jaws. And I, he goes, it's like I don't want to, um, him to watch Jaws too early. Yeah. Because it's, it's scarred a generation of people who don't want to get into the ocean. And I'm like, I think you're right. I think Jaws should not be shown to people until they're 18. <laughs> I I don't know, like, I think back in the day, we had no access to anything else. We had maybe three TV stations, if we were lucky, and the movies. That's it. There was nothing else. These days, kids are bombarded by everything. Do you know how many times my daughter, who's 15, starts telling me about some serial killer? Yeah, yeah, She's yeah. just watching, I don't know, God knows what, on Netflix and YouTube uh, about all these serial killers. Yeah, true. But I, I've been doing the movie thing with her as well, but I... If I say something like a day before, she'll look it up. I don't know where she's getting that from. But um, <laughs> so I just give her a choice. So the other day it was zombies or aliens. And she goes, oh, aliens. Okay. So we watch Mars Attacks. Oh, nice. But And she doesn't know what's going on. And she just like, what is going on? Like, okay. Um, and yeah, there was- like it, a- it was funny because, so I was getting to a point. Mm. But um, yeah, so I said, yeah, it was that time that, you know, I said, I, I felt- terrible about 
you know, not knowing what's under you in the scene. He goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's a, a, a natural in- instinct. And I said, yeah, plus that, that time I got stuck out at sea with a shark probably had a thing. And he goes, have you told that story on the podcast? And I'm like, I don't know. I'll no, have to ask this no, Sam. No, you haven't. And so I was like, oh, well, I'll, I'll, I'll mention it. And if of I haven't, we'll tell the story every, later on. If, <laughs> I, I, I'm beginning – I've been doing, we're doing this podcast for a long time now, since, <laughs> what, 2014? And uh, I've come to realise that if there's any weird situation that I hear about anything in anyone, I just have to assume that you've done it or been through it. I t- we'll tell that story later. I just wanted to set it up. Now, um, we, okay, if you want, yeah, okay, we'll tell that story later on in the episode. Let's carry on. So, did you do some sessions, uh, different stuff at the Show Me Things as well, or did you just watch films? Um, there, there was there was some films, and we uh, they had like Q and A. So I asked a lot of questions, um, yeah, because yeah. you know me. Um, but yeah, Stag Hunt, the director of Stag Hunt. So that was the first one we saw, and then he was there, and we asked him oh, a bunch cool. of questions, and yeah, with a few different, um, yeah. Uh, directors, so that was that was really cool, and then there was a bit of a networking thing and whatnot. Yeah, so it was cool. Yeah, it was really good. Of course, you must have been watching the Half Moon Bay Giant Pumpkin way off on Saturday morning, like I was being live streamed. In. <laughs> no, 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 I missed that. Holy hell, how did I miss that? I don't know. I <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you've been doing, really. No, so uh, big way off. It's in California. And oh, I'm thinking of the South Island. Isn't that in, in Stewart Island, Half Moon Bay? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I, I, know, half, there. I know Half Moon Bay as being in California. <laughs> okay. I didn't know that. All right. Fair, fair call. There's so probably the, hundreds of them around the world. Yeah. But yeah. So this is their 50th year running this competition. They've got a 50th anniversary ring to give to the winner, which is pretty cool. Uh, there's a guy called Travis Ganger. Ganger? Ganger? I don't know how you pronounce it. He's a um, botany. Uh, he teaches... Is it botany? He teaches um, horticulture, I think, at high school. Is what his job is. Been growing for 30 years. Last year, he got the heaviest pumpkin ever grown in North America. So this year... Do you know how big that was? Nah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I don't know. Um, But he had a pumpkin this year. It was pretty massive. uh, Last year's one was called Bear Claw, I think it was. Had a big scratch in it. I remember you telling me that. Okay. This one, he's decided called Michael Jordan. I don't know why, just because he's the best and this pumpkin's supposed to be the best. But he lives in Minnesota, right? Yeah. Which is a long way. Yeah. From California. So, but he decides to make the trek and With I- With the pumpkin. Yeah, they're mental. 33 hours. So that that's, I'm, I'm assuming that's like a trailer on the back of a, 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 a Ford F- 150. F-150, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And it's yeah. America. So it's just, I think it was just their normal trailer, but it's like you probably put three cars on it. Like, <laughs> it was huge. Anyway. Yeah. Um, but they picked it up with a, um, they had photos of it like the day before or whatever, or two days before when they were loading it. And they sometimes use like a bobcat. Yeah. Or they like to call it a skid, skid, skid steer. So they're doing that. But they had three people on the back of it to help keep the weight down so it wouldn't tip. On the back of the bobcat. Yeah, there are oh, all right. these people on the back of this bobcat. <laughs> you know, safe as. Anyway, he uh, he he took it and he won. Uh, he got the world record, um, beating it by forty seven pounds. So two thousand seven hundred forty nine pounds is the new world record. One thousand two hundred forty six kilos is what that is. Wow, pretty cool to see because how they do it, they have a stage and the pumpkin gets lifted up onto the stage. They've got four forklifts moving all the pumpkins around. They they bring it over on a pallet. That one shoots off 
out the back somewhere. Another one comes and lifts the pumpkin up and onto the scales. And the scales don't work until the guy presenting presses the button. So he pressed the button, all the digits go, doo, 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 doo. and he looks at it, and it's probably like a split second, and then he realizes it's got the world record. Super excited. Oh, that's cool. But there's a guy growing seed, a pumpkin from the seed from his last year's one, the from heaviest one in, yeah, yeah. in Minnesota, of all places, and it might be even bigger. And it's getting weight this weekend. Oh, right, right. He didn't. He didn't pull it out of the ground early and bring it all the way to Half Moon Bay. Well, Half Moon Bay is a really big event in the pumpkin yeah, world, yeah, yeah, yeah. but they've never ever had a world record in 50 years. So even if they've only got it for a week, they got it. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, he won $30,000. Holy and crap. I think he gets a bonus if nobody beats it this year. Ooh. Something like that, but um, we'll see. Anyway, it's been, it's been happening in the pumpkin world. That's, that's pretty cool. I, uh, mm. all right. No, if you're if you're questioning it, don't talk about it. Okay, no, I have to get off my chest, right? So, what is your th- what is your thoughts about this whole Israeli thing? Well, I think uh, it's just a little bit crazy at the moment. Well, Hamas, Hamas has gone in, and uh, for whatever reason, they decided to do what they like to do, which is extreme violence. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm. I'm it sounds I'm, like they got pretty hammered. Just recently today, I think, oh, at the time of the recording. So what what bugs me about that is it's not Hamas necessarily that's getting hammered. It's the Palestinians in Gaza yes. that's getting hammered. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly, yeah. exactly. So, okay. they, yeah. so first of all, there is no, no reason to go and do that slaughter of innocents that Hamas did. Like, no. I'm not condoning that in any way, no, shape, no. or form. Okay. Second point, mm. how did Israel think this was not going to happen the way they've been treating the Palestinians for the last 20 years. Yes. Right? So, like... But Hamas know, themselves got voted in, eh? Yeah, but Palestine is not... Uh, the Gaza Strip is not a separate country. No. It's still part of Israel. Yes. They just built a fence around it and won't let the Palestinians mm. in and out of it, yeah. right? So it's an apartheid state, effectively. Oh, okay. There's two... two, two um, Parts to it. Yeah, two two laws. There's yeah, yeah, a law yeah. for them and there's a law for us. And you know, I yeah. guess the real question is: is uh, like America's bringing warships just in case because you know they get all chubbed up over this. <laughs> you know, they're like <laughs> conflict somewhere else. Bring in the gear, bring over the gear, guys, and they're just just in case. Yeah, but what what gets me is is all these politicians. They, in one hand, they're saying there's no um, justification to go and kill slaughter innocent. People, which I agree with, yeah. But then they go, but the Israelis have the right to defend themselves by bombing Palestine, you know, Gaza. Which, if you see that, there's the people living on top of each other. I oh, know it's crazy. Uh, well, uh, I saw some footage today, live footage. I think it was earlier today, and there's like, there's like nothing. Yeah, I know. It's just obliterated. And so, yeah, I don't know. I it, it really, I just find it very, very distressing overall. But what gets me is the politicians that say. Things like, and this is the other thing, anti-Semitism. Okay. Okay, so we don't talk about that in New Zealand, I don't think. Do It's not a thing here. Not really. No. Not really. It, it isn't. And But over in the States, it's a big thing. And it's really good marketing. So basically, what they've got is um, racism, but they've named it something else. So it's a special sort of racism because it's anti-Semitism. And it's like... Yeah, it's not really anti-Semitism. It's just political dis- discourse, really, in, in terms of being there um, for the Palestinians. They're being oppressed, so it's an oppressor thing. It's not about 
uh, eradicating the Jews. Anyway, that's my opinion. Okay. Yeah. On to something a bit happier. <laughs> Fair uh, enough. There, Fair cool. Fair there cool. was a Queen Elizabeth assassination plot by a Star Wars fanatic encouraged by a chatbot to kill the Queen. When was this then? Well, it was about two years ago when he was caught, a, caught with a loaded crossbow, ready to go. I'm here to kill the Queen, he declared on Christmas Day in 2021. When they said... Um, what? At the gates of the palace? Yeah, it was on the grounds of the castle. And the cop said, can I help you, mate? And he goes, yep, I'm here to kill the queen. <laughs> he was wearing a metal mask, uh, which was inspired by the Darth, dark Sith forces. Oh, my God. Um, and because he's a Sikh Indian, he wanted to kill the monarch to avenge the 1919 Bar Massacre, where British troops opened fire on thousands of Indians... And, um, yeah. See, this is exactly the same thing as the Garza thing. It's just... He thought... He'd, he'd been thinking about this since he was a teenager, and obviously he'd been only sharing it with Sarai, his artificial intelligent generated girlfriend. Um, uh, yeah, he's got problems. And, <laughs> and they said, yeah. They, and he got... He, so uh, he got nine years. Well, that, that's good. He got nine years because if he was in America, he would already be dead. Well, that's right. <laughs> Oh, that's so funny. Uh, all right. So one of the things I, I found out about at Show Me Shorts. So there's uh, there was, and this was a couple of people that came up on the stage. I got to chat with them later. Um, it was Katie and Ian Bignall. Okay. And they have a company called Festival Formula. And it just blew my mind. It's such a great idea. And I just like, oh, of course, that's the best way to do it. So when you've made a short film, really what you want to do is get it into festivals. And you go to a thing yes. called Free Film Freeway is the most common one yes. these days. And you um, pay money to be submit to all these festivals. Yeah. Now, that can go from anywhere from five bucks at the low end to 150 bucks at the high end. Yep. And we pay that. Doesn't mean you get in. No. It means they'll... Look at it, and maybe you'll get in. I know Guy and Harley have talked about it, and they said after a while, when you're an independent filmmaker and you don't have much money, uh, you have to be selective of which festivals you send it to. Oh, yeah, and it's, uh, there's a whole other layer to that. There's the layer of the premieres. Mm. Okay. So the very first time it's shown, it's the world premiere. Yes. Then the very first time it's shown outside of your country, it's the international ch- premiere. Uh, so if yeah, you make yeah. it in New Zealand, yeah. the first time it's shown, if it, whether it's in New Zealand or whether it's anywhere, it's the world premiere. Mm. Second time is the um, the international premiere outside of your country. Yep. And then you'll have the North American and the European and the Asian. And then you'll go to the um, East Coast premiere in the States, and then it'll go to the state um, premiere, and then you'll go to the... Has this been shown in New York before? No, it's the New York premiere. Oh my gosh! <laughs> get, you get those little, yeah, get the little logo but, things. But you can't get into certain festivals if it's not a premiere, especially the big ones, right? Oh, okay. So then it's like, ah, oh, well, that means I have to apply for that, and I can't apply for the others till I hear from that. Yeah. Because if I get into one of these other ones that are beforehand and I show it, then they go, "Yeah, we're interested." And you're like, "Oh, well, it's already been shown." And they're like, "No, I'm done." So it's a whole strategy to this, which I I knew that. Okay. But this company company um uh, festival formula they actually an english couple okay. uh, they're based in the uk and they fly around the world to all these um events they know which ones are real and which ones are scams yes there's a load of scams you, you can just make it up and there's pseudo ones as well pseudo ones are ones that um yeah they're a real festival but they don't advertise and they just 
book a hotel room and they show the movie and they go, well, no, we'll only had three people show up, but you know, we, we're, we're legit because we showed the film. Yeah. Okay. Um, Meanwhile, they're raking in thousands of dollars from these submissions. So, what do these guys do? So, what they do is they you send them the film, and you can send them a film, and they'll uh, watch it and give you some notes straight off the bat with it, you know, free. Okay. Okay. Um, and then you play pay a fat a flat fee, uh, which I, is I, th- I think there's there's a couple of levels, but okay. a thousand pounds was the one I was thinking that that makes sense. Okay, thousand pounds. Um, and you have a thousand pound budget, and they'll they'll look at your film. They say this will fit with these festivals. What is it? What's your goal? What are you yeah. trying to do out of this? Because we had that chat, and I said, well, you know, uh, in the film we're going to be working on next, Adam's uh, goal is to um, get the right eyes on it so that he can get his feature done. Right? Yes. She goes right. That's perfect because you've got a goal. Then we go right. So these are the. Mm. Uh, festivals we want to go for, and they'll give you the order in which you want to apply for them and which ones to go for and which ones not to and all the rest of that. And they're like, the worst thing you can do is drink wine and go onto Film Freeway because <laughs> your credit card just gets pinged to hell. Submit, submit, submit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because okay. I've done that. Um, so, yeah, so it's really good. And if you if you pay 1000 they they give you that um, what to do. Or if you pay them 2000 flat fee, Okay. And then have at least a thousand pounds budget. They do everything for you. They do all the submissions. They all yeah, and um, yeah, and they've been doing it for twenty years. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. it's, it's just brilliant. I'm like, you're almost. I mean, you know, nothing wrong with making a film, putting it out there, and doing it yourself. Yeah. But if you've got a goal to get mm. somewhere, um, but it's that whole it just makes sense to do. It, that. It's like well, we know this. It's like coaching, speaker yeah. coaching, business coaching, anything like that. These people, like, I wasn't sure how long they'd been around. Well, once you said 20 years, I was like, okay, they know some stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because you were, if you I said- think the company's been 14 years and she's been doing it 19. Wow. Like, she was doing it yeah, before that's cool. she started the company. Yeah, yeah. That's very cool. So, yeah. um, very niche. Very niche. Because um, not, not features, not anything talking, else, just short films. Talking about <laughs> niche, and I don't have the notes in front of me, so I don't know what the company's called. There's a company in Auckland that has been working for 30 years, husband and wife, and now the son is the managing director. They organise trips for sports, schools, and whatever to go on tours in the US, and they're based here. So they help out New Zealand schools or groups or whatever that need to go overseas, but primarily the US. And they've been doing it for over 30 years, and some big company overseas, I think it was a UK crowd it was, rung the guy up and says, how much would you sell your business for? And he just said a random figure. A big one, I hope. Which was apparently very good because it's paid everything off for his parents. And and they said, yep, we'll do that. No worries. So uh, his parents are now fully retired. Everything's paid off. They can't believe it happened because they weren't, they were just happy doing their job. They weren't um, planning to sell. Is he is, is he still employed by yes. it? Because that's what they do a lot of the time. Yeah, he's right? yeah. D- still the whatever market, uh, the manager, manager or whatever. Yeah. And I don't know if that's a fixed term thing or whatever, but he's still there. And um, the, the, this crowd uh, overseas is like, yep, we we want to do that and offer that yeah, package deal. If, if you talk to, well, you know, Hamozi does it and um, Cody does it and a few others talk about it all the time and often they'll buy things and the owner is on more money yeah um as, as a salary mm. has a bunch of cash in the bank 
yeah. um, to pay off mortgages and all the rest of it or ha- have some, some toys. And they're happy because they can do what they want and they don't have to think about all the rest because the owners, the new owners, know how to run the business exactly. and, and do the marketing for them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a brilliant. So I think it was a good outcome uh, cool. and it's just, you know, just shows you. That, that's awesome. That's awesome. Do you know what sucks? What sucks? When you, it's 128 years ago and um, you decide to uh, be a thief and you accidentally get mummified by an experimental undertaker and then you're kept at the funeral home for those 128 years. Okay. You need to give me more details. That sounds Since awesome. his death, he was known as Stone Man Willie. I don't think it's his real name. Oh, no, because he refused to provide his real name. And then he got sick and died in 1895 in Pennsylvania. Oh, wow. Okay. And um, they just kept him there, mummified. Um, so, he was they, dressed- so they're playing with the mummification and they went, oh, well, let's mummify this fool. Yeah. He-, he hasn't got any relatives because nobody knows who he is. So we'll just mummify him. Well, that's right. So they put him in tuxedo, of course. There's a little video here. You can see him in his creepy, creepy glory. And for years, the some of the funeral home owners have been trying to secure a proper burial for this guy. And this guy was experimenting back in the day with uh, innovative arterial embalming. Okay. It was still pretty new back then. There was no recipe for this, so he just made it up, as you do. Uh, um and there he is, 128 years old, just laying there. Wow, he he's, looks pretty good. Yeah, he's not too bad. He looks like um, what's that funny superhero dude? The um, the, the one with the wings. No, Marvel. Uh, no, I was thinking the Marvel dude with the wings. The Marvel robot dude with the red face. Someone will tell us what it is. Do you know who will? Jeremy Howes will be screaming at this podcast, <laughs> telling me that it's. Uh, what, like Iron Man or something? No. Nah, nah, it's like TV show recently, and it's Miss Marvel, is it? And then the Red Dude. Anyway, someone will correct no, me on that. Uh, he also hassled us about not wanting to, what, AJ Hackett, was it? <laughs> the bungee jumps. Yeah, we weren't going to we hack it. We couldn't AJ Hackett. That's yes, right, that thank you. very funny. Very good. Pun. Took me a few seconds to figure out what the hell he's on about. <laughs> I was like, what's no, going I on? It. I got it straight away. I oh, that's good. Away. Hey, um, so, sorry to keep this on the film thing. Oh, Adam, no, you're good. Adam, Adam told me about a film on the way up. Um and it's called The Act of Killing. I'll, I okay. can give you a copy of it if you like, because I've, I've downloaded it and watched it. Um, it's not the sort of thing you want to watch. You probably only want to watch it once. Yeah. But holy crap, it's mental. And so this um, Dutch um, guy, mm. uh, he's gone to Indonesia. And in the 60s, they had a big thing about communism. Okay. And so... The military took over and they went, ah, oh, we've got to get rid of these communists. But if we do it, then it just looks bad. We'll just get the gangsters to kill all the communists. That makes sense. And so these gangsters just went around and killed all these people. And so this Dutch guy's gone over and he goes, we want to make a film to celebrate what you did to rescue the country from these um, yeah. these communists. And so they're interviewing these guys who are in their 70s. Um, I vaguely remember this. I think I've seen the trailer. Who, who basically, yeah, it was 2011, I think it was, mm. um, who basically killed, this guy must have killed almost a 1,000 people. Yeah, yeah, Somebody yeah. Somebody says he's killed a 1,000 people. And it's really interesting because they get, they do these films and they're doing these scenes and he's putting it together as a film and he's really um, into it, this one guy. There's about three or four of these gangsters. One big fat guy. And these are scary people. 
He's in drag for all the scenes, and I don't, I don't know what's going on. It's doing my head. Don't worry about that. He's, um, and, he's, but he's honestly, a- it's 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 creepy, and it's like you've got to watch this stuff to go. Oh yeah, humans are weird, and they are dangerous, and they do weird things. Yeah. But but by the end of the film, because he's getting to reenact all these scenes, yeah. they start breaking up. They start like. Breaking down a bit because mm. at one point there's a guy in the crew. He goes, "Oh yeah, 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 my my stepfather. Like uh, he 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 got together with my mum when I was a baby, so he was my father. Yeah, yeah. When when he was twelve, um, somebody knocked on the door. My mum said, "Don't go out there." And he opened the door, and we just heard the yell and scream, and um, we found his body the next day. Um, yeah. You know, um, but I don't blame you for it. And it was just weird. It was. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, the act of killing. Um, I th- yeah, I'm pretty sure I've seen. It was a huge award-winning film. That yeah. I, I never. Saw I think it. I'd heard of it because mm-hmm. that, what you just said when they went to go talk to those people sounded familiar. Yeah. Uh, we've almost come to the end, so, so you're going to have to talk about sharks and God knows what. <laughs> so yeah, I, I just <laughs> this is for Adam. So Adam, yeah, it's for everyone because <laughs> this is just a weird story that you have somehow forgotten oh, yeah. to talk about in the last nine years. Yeah, yeah. So I was, I was, um, I was eighteen years old. We went over to uh, Australia. Um, my boss at the time had a timeshare, so he let me use the timeshare. Okay. So there's four of us all, all around that same age, eighteen. Okay. Um, and which was really cool because in Australia at that time you could drink. In Australia at eighteen, and in New Zealand you had to be twenty. Oh, okay. So yeah. uh, not that that. Stop me anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, I yeah, was no, going okay. in anyway, but you know what I mean. So anyway, so we went over there, um, and we we spent the day at the beach, and we're down at um, uh, Surface Paradise yep. on the beach okay. there. And I remember, yeah, it was interesting because that was my first experience of topless at a beach. Okay, and I swear, and that was just you. <laughs> no, carry on. Sorry, I swear this woman was. Very uh, obviously uh, loving the fact that us four guys from New Zealand just were going, eyes popping out of our heads. Anyway, um, it was so funny because there was a guy doing – I'm getting off track, but there's a guy doing spray suntans, and she oh, went okay. over to him, and he's doing this – he's a weasened old guy with, like, wrinkles. He looks like he's been on the beach for 300 years because he's just – He's probably you know, only 40. Suntanned yeah. and all that. And she, she puts her hands up and he's spraying her down and then he lifts one breast up and sprays oh, under there. No expression change on his face. Nah. And we just that, about died. That's when you just have a job and you're just like, I've got to get through this. I'm going to retire soon. And, you know, that's what it is. It's a job. So anyway, we, we'd been swimming and all the rest of it. And I went, oh, I'll hire one of these uh, boogie boards. I hired a boogie board. Yeah. Uh, went out. And so I'm surfing in a little bit. I didn't know what I was doing. It was, it was all right. Anyway, I was like, oh, I want a bit of a rest. I'll go out where it's stopped yeah, yeah. crashing. So I went out deeper. Okay. And and is there then, anyone else out there at this there, point? There's a couple of people halfway between me and shore, and I'm quite a way out. Okay. And I look over, and I see these guys are pulling the flags from side to side. I was like... What's that guy doing? Yeah, yeah, the I flag wouldn't, yeah out. okay. We're going to fi- look, and there's, they're doing it on both flags. Yeah, you know, swim between the flags thing, and I'm like, what the hell is going on? And then I see everybody getting out of the water, and this one guy, these two guys are like closer to me. They, you know, one guy yells to the other, "There's a shark in the water! Get out of the water!" And you're like, and uh, I'm like, oh shit! And I'm like, I am. Do not- I pedal? Yeah, exactly. And I'm like, nope, I am a log. 
I am just going to lie on this board. <laughs> on this little boogie board. A, as a log, and I'm not moving. Because, like, yeah, and you I'm just yeah. watching. And and this uh, helicopter goes over, and then the um, boat starts <laughs> okay. coming up and down. Yeah, of course, of course. Because it's like, it's the beach. Yeah. And this boat starts coming, and I wave at them, and they wave back. I'm like, fuckers. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear, I was there for 20 minutes waiting for them to give the all clear and i didn't move and every second of that 20 minutes and are you like i'm, I'm imagining the teeth are about to cl- chomp on my legs that are hanging down into the water and so and i see my mates going like pointing out at me from the beach i'm not moving i'm just like ah and then they finally give the all clear i'm like not falling for that. I'll yeah. wait till people get yeah, out. That's right. And by the time I paddle in, I've gone like 300 meters down the shore, like I've drifted yeah. down, yeah. and I crawl out and I take the boogie board back. I'm not doing that and just collapse on the sand. But yeah, that's my shark story. It was horrifying. Oh, it would be, but uh, it's great that you've got these stories. <laughs> I can't believe you've never mentioned that before, but I guess it hasn't really come up. I'm not sure. Um, So make sure to join us in future podcast episodes while Chris remembers other things he's done. And um, we'll see you next time. I'm Sam. I'm Chris. See ya. Bye. Hope you enjoyed the show. Make sure to subscribe and catch you next week. Don't forget to tell your friends.